Our reading today uh, is from Galatians, continuing our series in Galatians, Galatians 4, and verses 21 to 31. Now, just a reminder, because we've not looked at this uh, for a few weeks, uh, this is a letter uh, that the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, which is now in modern Turkey. And in the last few weeks that we've been looking at this uh, letter, uh, we've seen Paul defend himself as an apostle against those who say he's not a true apostle. And we've also seen how Paul shows that the gospel is a gospel of grace, not law. And it's only the faith in Jesus that can truly save. Now today in our reading, we begin to think about the nature of freedom and all that that entails. And to do this, Paul uses the example of Hagar and Sarah, the mothers of Ishmael and Isaac from the book of Genesis. So let's read uh, this passage together, Galatians 4, 21 to 31. The Apostle Paul says this, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are being taken figuratively. The woman represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Break forth and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born according to the flesh persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does Scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. took us a wee bit by surprise, didn't it? 
we weren't expecting. We needed to be more patient just at the end there. Okay, let's just still ourselves in prayer before we look at God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come around your word today, we recognize sometimes your word is difficult to understand. Sometimes we wonder what kind of relevance it has for our lives today. Uh, But Lord God, we thank you that your word in all its parts has God breathed, that it's able to pierce us to the quick, able to speak into our lives and into our situations. And we pray that as we turn to your word today, that you might move among us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. To be free or not to be free, that is the question. To steal and mangle a quote from Shakespeare. And that's the question that we're going to be thinking about today and God willing next week as we continue our series in Galatians. You see, what does it mean to be free? What does it truly mean to be free? I wonder, as you think back over times in your own life, can you remember times when you felt free, when you've just felt everything is lifted and you felt free. Do you remember those times when you were at at school? And that was a longer time ago for some of us than others. And do you remember when the school bell rang at the end of the day? And even better, when it rang at the end of term or the end of the, the summer term? And was there any better feeling in school? In the end of the summer term, the bell rings, signaling the end of the school year, and you went out six weeks of freedom. Eight weeks this year, incidentally, but six weeks. Do you remember that feeling? Is it just me who didn't like school that much and enjoyed the holidays? No school. And it just seemed that there were sunny days ahead. Freedom. And there are lots of examples like that in our lives, aren't there? Times when when we feel free. You see, if we can be free, why would we choose to be slaves? And throughout the letter to the Galatians, this has been Paul's point. You are free in Christ. Why would you therefore choose slavery? You see, as we know, some people have come to the Galatian Christians And they've suggested to these Galatian Christians that the gospel that Paul preached, which was a gospel all about grace, all about Jesus, all about the cross. And they've said, look, that that gospel is not adequate. You need to add stuff to it. You need to, to be circumcised. You need to keep food laws. You need to have special days. And so these infiltrators were saying that as well as trusting in Jesus, that these Galatians needed to follow the law. But Paul, in this letter, has consistently said, this is wrong. You see, it's by grace that we are saved, through faith. It's a gift from God. It's not something we can earn. And throughout this letter, at different points, we can sense Paul's frustration. He's perplexed because he can't understand why would these Galatians choose to try to keep the law when it doesn't bring life, it doesn't bring hope, it doesn't bring the power of the Holy Spirit. Whereas faith in Jesus 
brings all these things. Now today in our passage, Paul goes back to the Old Testament story of Abraham. He's referred to it earlier in this letter. And earlier on in this letter, when Paul is referred to to Abraham, he's reminded the Galatians that Abraham came before Moses. And therefore, the promise to, to Abraham is prior to the law being given, and it, it, it's, it's, it's more, it's worth more. Now, in today's passage, Paul uses the story of Hagar and Sarah, and he uses it figuratively to illustrate the difference between being in slavery on one hand and being free on the other. Now, I'm sure many of you here today will be familiar with this story, But if you're not, remember that in the book of Genesis, we have the story of Abraham and Sarah. And the Lord had promised Abraham and Sarah two things. He'd promised them descendants and a land. But there was a problem. Sarah and Abraham had waited for years to have a child, but no child was forthcoming. It hadn't happened. And they, they were seriously getting on in years and as they were getting on in years, and they were probably falling deeper and deeper into despair, thinking, this is never going to happen for us, they did something that was culturally quite common during this time. And they took things into their own hands. And Sarah gave her slave Hagar to Abraham with the intention of Hagar becoming pregnant. And Hagar did become pregnant, and she bore a son called Ishmael. But although Ishmael would legally have belonged to Abraham and Sarah, the Lord said, look, this is not the way that I have chosen. You've just taken things into your own hands. That's not what I promised you. I promised you, Abraham and Sarah, you would have a child. And at the age of 190, respectively, can you imagine that? They have a son, Isaac. And the Lord says it's through Isaac that his promises to Abraham would be fulfilled. Now, Paul takes this story, Hagar and Sarah, and uses it to illustrate his point about freedom and slavery. Because one son, Ishmael, was born to a slave woman. The other, Isaac, was born to a free woman. And Paul goes on to say that these two women represent two covenants. One from Sinai, of course, where the Ten Commandments were received, Hagar and slavery. The other covenant, Sarah, who is free, symbolizes freedom, and the heavenly Jerusalem, which is the destination of all those who believe. Now, what Paul is saying here is that it is far greater to be a free child of the promise than it is to be in slavery. The law, as we've seen over these past number of weeks, brings slavery, but the promise brings grace and freedom. And Paul uses Isaiah 54 to make this point. But the climax of this passage is really found in verse 28. If you find this passage quite difficult, look at verse 28, because this is Paul's point, where Paul makes it clear, 
He says, now you, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of the promise. And Paul reiterates this in verse 31, the last verse. We're not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. You see, as Paul has been doing throughout this letter, he's making it clear that those who are true believers follow in the line of the promise, follow in the line of grace, follow in the line of freedom. And so Paul is saying to the Galatians, you believe in Jesus. You are heirs of the promise. That's what's found in Jesus. Therefore, be free. Be free. Don't be tied into the slavery of the law, which doesn't save, but trust in Christ by faith, and you will be free. You see, it's true, isn't it? We all want to be free. There's nothing worse than a a lack of freedom, is there? And maybe we've learned that in the past year. You see, remember those times when we were in the height of lockdown last year? We're only allowed out once a day for exercise. Amazing how quickly that kind of drifts off, isn't it? And we don't realize how locked down things were. Remember those times when we couldn't go out our council area? Someone said to me fairly recently that they didn't really enjoy going food shopping pre-pandemic. But during lockdown, just going to Asda or going to Morrison's for their once-a-week shopping was exciting. You were out the house. How wonderful. Others have said to me that they didn't often go up to Glasgow to do their shopping. But during the the pandemic, they, they just missed the option of going up. Not that they would have done, but they felt, oh, I'd love to have the choice. And there was a sense, wasn't there, of our choice being taken away. And during this pandemic, some of our freedoms were, were taken away. Some of the things we took for granted were suddenly not possible. And we missed them. We missed being free. And what Paul is saying in this passage today to the Galatians is that if they go back trying to keep the law, they're self-imposing restrictions upon themselves. And why would they do that when they're free in Christ? Now, before we go on to think about how this applies to us today, I just want to think for a moment or two and just to reflect on how amazing This is what Paul is saying to the Galatians. You see, remember these believers, these Galatian believers, are Gentiles. They're not Jews. And yet, what is Paul saying here? It's radical. He's saying that these Gentile Christians are in the line of Isaac, that they are children of promise. As he says elsewhere in his letters, they are engrafted branches. There's no sense in which these Gentile believers are second-class believers. They too are free, just as Christians of a Jewish background are free. And it's amazing when you reflect on it that Paul is saying that there is equality here. 
Again, emphasizing, as we saw in chapter 3, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. Now, as we think about this passage today, the question that faces each one of us is this. Do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? Now, at one level, that seems like a completely ridiculous question, doesn't it? That's a ridiculous question. After all, who would choose slavery? Why would we, why would we do that? It's like going back to the, the lockdown restrictions last year and saying, you know, I could go to the shop anytime, but I'm going to restrict myself to going once a week. Or, you know, I'm going to restrict myself to, to one time out my house a day. That seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Why would we do that? Why would we choose slavery? And yet the whole reason that Paul is writing this letter is to warn these Galatian Christians that they're in danger of falling into slavery rather than experiencing freedom and life. And sadly, when you think about it, the same is true for us. And of course, we, we don't go out our way, do we, to, to enslave ourselves, but, but quite often we're sold a lie. And the lie is that we can earn our salvation. It's a lie because the truth is that someone else has already earned our salvation, Jesus. And if we believe that that is true, then the truth will set us free. You see, we cannot earn our way with God. That's what Paul is constantly saying throughout this letter. And yet so often we, we try to, to earn our way with God as if God was some kind of loyalty reward scheme. Nectar points or club card points. And yet we can never earn enough loyalty scheme points to earn our salvation. It's impossible. But before we go into despair, even though it's impossible for us, what do we know? Nothing is impossible with God. And he sends his only son to pay the price for sin, to redeem us, to set us free from the bondage of the law and the bondage of sin. You see, as well as the, the law enslaving, so does sin. Sin these days is, is seen as something slightly naughty, but, but kind of fun. Think of all the, the chocolate or ice cream adverts that we see in our televisions, which say, oh, you know, it's, it's sinful, but you really, really want it, don't you? In the same way, the devil showed Adam and Eve how attractive it would be to disobey God. And yet, what did their disobedience bring? Did it bring freedom? No. It enslaved them. And it's the same with us. You see, sometimes we think that freedom is being able to do what we ourselves want. Whereas actually, true freedom is taking the, the hands off the steering wheel of your life and asking God to come in and God to steer and trusting in Him. You see, notice in verses 29 and 30 that a contrast is made. A contrast between the Son born according to the flesh 
and the son born by the power of the Spirit. Ishmael, the son of Hagar, if you know the story, taunted Isaac, even persecuted him, and Hagar and Ishmael were sent away by Abraham. In the same way, the world persecutes Christians. So being a Christian is not easy, but it is the way to freedom and the way to inheritance. And so I ask you today, whether you're here in the building or watching online, are you free? Are you free? Perhaps you long to be free, but no matter which way you turn, you you just find yourself trapped and enslaved and, and nothing seems to work. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus sets you free. He brings freedom. He brings hope. He brings life. Nothing else can. Or maybe today as I've been speaking, you've realized that you've wanted freedom, but you've never really experienced it. Maybe you realize that you've been in slavery, trying to earn your way with God, falling into sin, caring about yourself rather than than caring about God and caring about eternal things. You see, we live in a self-centered world, don't we? where people crave celebrity in big ways or small ways, where people care about image or reputation or what people think of us. The world says, put yourself at the center. But of course, sin is spelt S-I-N, isn't it? Notice where the I is. It's in the middle. But in God's upside-down economy, It's when we put God first, then we know freedom. One of our elders, who's sadly no longer with us, used to say to me, when we put Jesus first, J for Jesus, others second, O for others, and yourself last, Y for yourself. What does that spell? That's when we experience true joy. To be free or not to be free, that's the question. Paul tells us the answer. May we choose to be people who are free.